This morning, our message is going to be a bit different, maybe in, in style. Uh, typically, we, we're going verse by verse, expositionally through a book. We're excited. Uh, if you didn't hear last week, we're going to be going through the book of Hebrews uh, starting next week. Pastor Dave will be kicking us off in that new preaching series that we're very much excited about. No promises on how long we will be in Hebrews. It, it likely will be some, some time, so, so buckle up on that one. But we're excited just to, just to soak in and to just take every drop of, of opportunity from the book of Hebrews as we consider Christ preeminent. Uh, on the heels of this Advent series that we just finished up and just relishing in the gospel and remembering the personal work of Jesus, uh, those themes are going to carry right in uh, to the book of Hebrews very nicely. But uh, right here in between, uh, we have the new year. It's hard to believe, like I said before in my opening comments, uh, it's just hard to believe that 2023 is really here. Uh, it just was a blur. I don't know if you felt that way or not, but I certainly did. And I think, you know, anytime we have a new year, there's an opportunity for us to hit a strategic uh, timeout, right? To call the TO and just just catch your breath a little bit um, and just reflect to look back on all that has happened, all that God has done. And I, I hope we can do that together as a church this morning. Uh, just to just to pause a moment and to reflect on some truths in relation to God's Word. And so the title of this message is very simple. It's just a New Year's reflection. Just looking back and considering all that God has done. And not only that, but what does God want to do in and through His church in the days ahead, in this coming year? Today, tomorrow, in 20, 2023, uh, as we think uh, just here in, in the month of February, coming shortly, it'll be one year that God opened up the doors here um, at 1315 Nashua Road, uh, allowing us to meet in this this church building and all that God has done, we're just excited to see God continue to work in and through His church. And so, again, there's something important about the exercise of reflection. I have a couple brother-in-laws and actually my father-in-law as well who are very intentional with, with goal setting, as I often do through this week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, if you have an opportunity to observe them, you're going to see them out with a pencil and a paper, a planner. Uh, my father-in-law is an avid Franklin planner guy. Um, in fact, though, I think you're, you're giving that up this year, right? He's retired. No more Franklin planners. How many years was it? 35 years of, a, of an annual Franklin planner. But uh, he's a goal setter. He's, he's task-oriented. This is the way that uh, the Harrison family uh, are are wired, right? And and they'll sit down and they're going to set goals for the year, whether it's how many miles they're going to run in that given year, or maybe some some job accomplishments that they're going to try to work towards, or or ministry endeavors, or whatever it might be. There's there's going to be some goals. And at the end of a year, there's always an opportunity to stop and look back and consider: Did those goals come to fruition? To reflect back on, did those become a reality? And if they did, praise the Lord. If, if they didn't, why? Uh, where was the issue? Where was the breakdown in, in my focus? Or what distracted me away from that? Or, or what unforeseen circumstance may have derailed me from that? Reflection is important. I think the Lord is honored spiritually when we take an opportunity to call a time out and consider what God is doing in our lives and consider what He would have for us in 
the days ahead. So tis the season right now for the dreaded year-end reviews at work, right? Have you ever been through those before? Right? You get that calendar invite from your boss, right? And, and the, the time and date is set, and you've got to go in with that one-on-one. You've got to sit down and do what? Evaluate your work performance. Here's the job description. Here's the goals that were laid out for you, and here's how you perform. And hopefully, by God's grace, you are meeting those expectations, or maybe even exceeding those expectations, or maybe there's an opportunity to recalibrate and refocus and, and to do better in your work. Uh, Tis the season for those New Year's resolutions. Uh, have you thought about those? Maybe you've got a few LBs that you want to drop. Uh, like myself, maybe you want to start exercising a bit more. Maybe you uh, want to uh, establish a new skill uh, that you're, you're going to take into life. Or maybe you want to take that class that you've been looking into. New Year's resolutions are typically formed by way of reflection. If you're like me, your social media feeds and emails are littered with blogs and articles that are touting a new system or app or resources to help you start out the new year strong. Unfortunately, there's no new three-step program that will magically transform all of our hopes and dreams into reality. We know that's not how Scripture works. We know that's not how a relationship with the Lord works. But I think there are some principles, some truths from God's Word that as a Christian, we can look into God's Word and we can recalibrate our hearts and minds back to a a biblical focus that He would have us have and remain through this new year of 2023. Apps, systems, resources, these things aren't wrong. They're not sinful. Certainly some of these things can even help us in in aiding our our growth and our relationship with the Lord. But too often, I find myself quick to affirm the supplemental resources while neglecting the actual supernatural wellspring of life, which is the Word of God. Verse 2 Timothy, excuse me, 3 verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, if we were to take that last phrase, that we would be complete and equipped for every good work, that's exactly what the world is grasping for, looking for, and searching for. How can I be complete? Unfortunately, the world is looking for wholeness and completeness, satisfaction, joy, peace, and many things outside of the Word of God. As Christians, as believers, we know that completeness, wholeness, peace, satisfaction, joy in our life can only come through what? A personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It can only come from the Gospel. Everything else that we can place our hope in, it will disappoint. So we believe and affirm that the Word of God, the Bible, is both inspired. Again, meaning that it's literally breathed out by God. We believe that the Word of God is inerrant. What does that mean? Meaning it is without error. It's incapable of having error. This is what we believe about the Word of God. We believe the Holy Spirit 
revealed the word of the Lord to the respective authors. They recorded it for us in the original manuscripts, both of the Old and New Testament and and the Hebrew and original Greek. And God has faithfully preserved His Word for us through many trustworthy and reliable translations in our English language. Are you thankful for that this morning? This is an incredible reality if you just stop and consider the implications of what I just described. That God, the Creator of all things, has spoken to mankind. And it is recorded for us in the Holy Scriptures. That is what we hold in our hands on Sunday morning when we take our Bible and we bring it to church. That's what we hold in our hands when we open it up at home and and read the Word of God is the inspired, inerrant Word of God breathed out and without air. God speaking to mankind through the Word of God. That is an incredible miracle. It's a game changer. So I have a question for us this morning as we consider this New Year's reflection. And this is ultimately where theology and and doctrine, it becomes very practical and relevant for us all. The question is this, what would it look like if we actually believed that the Bible was inspired, breathed out by God? The Creator of all things. What if we actually believed the Bible was without error? What would it look like if we truly believed that? Can you imagine the impact? Can you imagine the engagement? Can you imagine the the leveling up of the priority of the Word of God in our life if we actually believed that we held in our hands the inspired Word of God? Oh, how we would linger, how we would read it, how we would prioritize it in our day. And so friends, I wonder if our lack of engagement in the Word of God may be because of a poor theology. Not truly understanding what the Word of God is. Aaron Earls, a researcher for, for Lifeway, conducted a poll back in 2019. The goal of this poll was simple, to examine the Bible reading habits of those that regularly attend a Protestant church. His findings were this, that one in nine churchgoers reads their Bible just once a week. One in nine churchgoers. This is, again, churchgoers that regularly attend a Protestant church. One in nine read their Bible just once a week. Once a week. Once a week does not affirm the truthfulness of the doctrine of inspiration and inerrancy. Once a week testifies that our lives are being guided by some other influence, even maybe subconsciously. Once a week indicates that the rudder of our life is off, it's off course. And this morning, by God's grace, my aim is not to shame us or guilt us into a, another box to be checked in some twisted legalistic sense, but rather my prayer is that God would awaken us from our slumber. That He would spark in our life and in our hearts a love for the Word of God. He would quicken our minds through the Holy Spirit. And friends, my prayer and my hope is this, that the Holy Spirit would awaken, spark, and quicken us as a church. How does He he do that? He does that through the Word of God. 
So this morning, the Holy Spirit offers new coordinates for the wayward ship. And if the statistics are true and representative of the current Protestant church, we are in desperate need of a timeout. We're in desperate need to recalibrate our hearts towards making God's word by his grace a priority in our life. Do you remember Proverbs 16, 9? The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Planning is not wrong or sinful. It still affirms and supports the sovereignty of God. We have an opportunity to plan, being led by the Holy Spirit and enabled by His grace to plan in in a biblical way. Actions, activities, disciplines that would aid in our growth in the Lord that the Holy Spirit could use for His glory to change us to be more like His Son, Jesus Christ. And so I hope, and again my prayer, is that we could have a moment of planning this morning, individually, personally, corporately, as we consider the role of God's Word in the life of a believer. So we affirm and believe that God is sovereign, excuse me, in working out His, His perfect plan of redemption in this world. And in His sovereign plan, the beauty of it all is that God has chosen to use us to bring about that redemptive plan in this world. He's chosen us to be His ambassadors, His his mouthpiece. He's chosen us to be the ones that take the hope of the Gospel to a lost world. So I hope that this time would encourage us to engage in a time of reflection individually as a family and certainly as church and above all the resolutions above all the recommitments that you might make to lose weight to to pursue that promotion to finish school to paint the house all the things that you've got on your goal list to do in this new year of 2023 above all our prayer is that we would be empowered by the holy spirit enabled by his grace to be more intentional and purposeful in our time in the Word of God. This is the most important action we could take in this new year. So I wonder, has it been on your list? Is it something you're focusing on? Is it something that you're hopeful that you'll grow in in this new year? So let's ask another question this morning as we dive into the meat of our message. And we make three simple observations. Before we do that, I want to define biblical reflection. What does it look like for you to, to stop, hit the time out, and, and to think back on a, a time of reflection? But I would contend that, that it's this. It's an intentional and purposeful evaluation of one's actions, thoughts, decisions, and routines. You're taking stock of your time management. You're considering, how am I using the time that God has given me in this day, in this moment? And then what comes next? You're determining if all of those things are aligned with the Word of God. And notice the baseline in this exercise of reflection. It's what? It's the Word of God. This is the sole authority that we have in our life. This is the only absolute truth that this world that we have in this world is the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God. And so the Word of God becomes our, our baseline. It becomes our foundation that everything else in our life is built upon. For the Christian, the Bible is 
It's not just a book of ancient literature. Some good stories about some good people that did some neat things. No, the Bible truly is the Word of God and the Word from God. So again, this morning as we hit that pause button as a church, reflect back and look forward to all that He will do in and through His church. God's Word must go before us. God's Word must go before us. You can pray for the elders just in a a few days. uh, Actually, a couple weeks, we'll be going off on an elders retreat to plan and and to consider God's will for uh, the church this year, whether it be uh, our schedule planning and events and uh, all different ministries that we we may pursue in this coming year of 2023. Above all, that may come out of that planning. Our hope and our prayer is that God's Word will remain fixed as the foundation of this church. So this morning we're going to look at three ways or three areas that the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in our lives to align us with His will. The first observation is this. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in our lives first personally. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in our lives personally. The Word of God guides us personally. Do you remember Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6? And I'll add in verse 7 there as well. Maybe some of you kids going through our wine program. Maybe you have some of you have memorized that that passage this year. But what is it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. The Word of God guides us personally. It keeps us from our own understanding, our own way, our own ambitions, our own desires. When we are in the Word of God, we are walking in the Spirit. We have an opportunity to be a committed Christ follower. What did Jesus say a disciple was and is? It is one who denies themselves, takes up their cross, and follows Jesus. The Word of God is that constant reminder and recalibration that we must daily die to ourselves. Not rely on our own understanding, our own way. But to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. How do we do this? Again, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. Not only does the Word of God guide, but the Word of God is a catalyst for spiritual growth. Do you remember John chapter 17? The high priestly prayer of Jesus. This is the final prayer that Jesus would pray back to the Father before He would would ascend up into heaven. And what what does Jesus pray to the Father? He says what? Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. Sanctify, to be set apart. Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. The Word of God is the truth that sets us apart to the Lord and from the world. Friends, when we are not in the Word, that sanctifying work, that setting apart process, it can become diluted 
or that time period of that sanctification is is elongated. Why? Because we've got one foot in the world and we've got one foot trying to pursue the Lord. When we are in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit uses the Word to change us, to sanctify us, to become more like Jesus Christ and less like the old man and less like the world. Friends, we need that continuing sanctifying work of the Word of God in our lives. I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture this morning, so apologies for bouncing around, but I want to give us a good overview of the role of the Word of God in our lives. Matthew chapter number 22. Do you remember this exchange with the Pharisees and Jesus redefining the law to the Pharisees? He says, and again, chapter 22 Verses 37 and 38, he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. God desires to be in relationship with his people. Are you thankful for that? The word of God is a perfect testimony to that reality. That God desires to commune and to be in relationship with His people. Shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. How do we know how to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? How do we do that? God uses, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, uses the Word of God in our life. To bring about a a greater sense of love and intimacy and affection towards the things of the Lord. Thankful that God desires to be in relationship with His people. He desires for us to know Him and to love Him. And the Holy Spirit of God allows this work of relational connectivity be strengthened in large part through our time in the Word. It's like any other relational connectivity. What does it take? It takes time and communication, right? That's relationships 101. It takes time and communication. That's exactly what time in the Word is. It's spending time communing, knowing, loving the Lord, learning more about Him. And through that work, there's a greater sense of relational connectivity through the Holy Spirit, and through the Word of God. That happens as we, by God's grace, spend time in the Word of God. One of the greatest passages of Scripture that speak to this beautiful reality of relational connectivity of the believer with Christ is John chapter number 15. Do you remember John chapter number 15? This is one of the I am statements that that the uh, Apostle John reminds us of. He says in verse number one, I am the vine, Jesus says, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. 
You are the branches whoever abides in me and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples as the Father has loved me. So I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, we keep the commandments of the Lord. We walk in Holy Spirit-empowered, grace-enabled obedience. The Father is glorified, and we bear much fruit, and so prove to be disciples of Christ. How does this come about? His words. The words of Scripture. We remember in John 1.1, right? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right, So we're talking about the personal work of Jesus, the gospel, the word of God, when his words are in us. This is how we abide. This is how we remain in relational connectivity with the Lord. It is through the word of God. How do we abide in the vine? By allowing his words to abide in us. This is a joyful Engagement. What is, what is produced when we abide in the Word of God? It says that, that, that there's going to be joy. And not just any joy. This joy is going to be full. It's going to be perfect joy. Why? Because it comes from Christ. This is the product or what is produced when we engage in this pursuit of the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Word of God reveals, not only guides and is a catalyst for our spiritual growth, but the Word of God reveals the deception of our own hearts. Do you remember Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12? For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jeremiah reminds us that our heart is what? Deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We need the ministry of the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal the deception of our own hearts. We need the Word of God in our lives to do this revealing work. Jeremiah 23, verse number 29. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock to pieces? I don't know where you're at when you came to church this morning. I don't know what circumstances you may have been going through. Seasons of difficulty, loss, sorrow, tribulation, testing. 
Maybe through some of those trials and tribulations, maybe your, your heart has grown a little hard and cold to the things of the Lord. What's the antidote to a hard heart? The Word of God. It's like fire. It is like a, a hammer that breaks up the rock. When we get into the Word of God by God's grace and empowered by the Holy Spirit, He will work. He will change. He will reveal the deception of our own hearts. He will anchor us on truth. When we want to focus on how we feel and our emotions, He will remind us of the promises that we have in Scripture, despite what our present circumstances may be telling us. And so friends, remember the Word of God. Run to the Word of God when your heart becomes hard and your heart becomes cold. Run to the Word of God and let the Word of God do its work. One of the greatest benefits that we have of the Word of God is that the Holy Spirit uses it in our lives to personally grow us to the Lord and increase us in our knowledge and understanding of the Lord. Secondly, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in our lives corporately. Not just personally, but corporately. And when I use the the term corporately, I'm speaking to the church, the body of Christ. Not an organization, but an organism that is, that is alive, that is fitly joined together as a body, as God's Word describes it in, in Ephesians. So the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in our lives corporately. You remember Colossians chapter number 3, verses 16 and 17. We practiced this by God's grace gloriously this morning. Let the Word of Christ Dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Admonishing and encouraging one another through psalms, hymns. And spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Did you feel the benefit of that this morning? As in some songs, we literally sang the Word of God. Rich truths and themes and nuances that that are pulled directly out of Scripture. We collectively with one one voice lifted that up to the Lord. I had the benefit of hearing some extra voices behind me. Are you looking forward to... That glorious day when we all together in heaven, all tribes, tongues, and nations will gather and lift up our voices and worship the Lord and declare He is holy, holy, holy. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in our lives corporately. We have been intentional over this last year, really year plus, to have a prominent theme of the public reading of Scripture in our worship services. Pastor Dave this morning read out of Psalm 119, a text that literally just speaks to the the role and the beauty and the richness of the Word of God as the psalmist thinks back and cherishes the Word of God and its role in his life. We'll continue to do that in, in the days ahead. The Word of God. It's used in our life by the Holy Spirit corporately. Do you remember Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2? Brothers, if anyone is caught 
in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You see, the Word of God is not just for our own personal consumption. It is meant to be used in a, as a vehicle for greater encouragement and fellowship and unity within the body of Christ. But it doesn't just stop on the positive notes, all the, all the good benefits positively for our lives. We need the Word of God in our lives corporately for times when we are caught in sin. And no one is above that. We all are sinners. Amen? No one wants to say amen for that. I get it. Right? We need to go around and say, Hi, my name's Eric, and I'm a sinner. All right, Luke, you go next. No, I'm just, yeah. Right? We, we have to remember that we are all sinners. Some sins are more public, some are more private, but we need each other. We need the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God in our lives to remind us of our sinfulness. And when we are blind to our own sinfulness, or our hearts deceiving us in the presence of sin, we need each other. When we're unwilling or unable to see the sin for what it is, we have Galatians 6 as a reminder that we engage with one another by the power of the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God. For what purpose? To bear each other's burdens. Friends, we're going to have a lot of burdens that need to be lifted in this coming year of 2023. Some we already know now, some that we don't even know about. Have you had a burden lifted by a fellow brother and sister in Christ who faithfully come alongside you? Have you were caught in a transgression? You couldn't see your sin for what it is, but they came beside you graciously and lovingly? Spoke the truth of God's word in a spirit of love with a, a humble and gracious disposition? Probably didn't like it at the moment, but are you thankful for it now? Friends, this is what we have to be committed to. God's Word, the Holy Spirit, is used in this role of bearing each other's burdens. And when we do this, we fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? This is the unsung hero of how the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God corporately among the body of Christ. And this is one of many reasons why we believe so passionately in meaningful covenant membership. That we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first commandment. The second is likened to it, that we love our neighbor as ourself. Namely, first, to those within the body of Christ. We believe passionately in meaningful covenant membership. Why? Because we believe that's what Scripture teaches. That we are to be connected in a spirit of transparency and authenticity and honesty with one another so that we can know burdens first and therefore we can come alongside and actually lift them. Friends, this meaningful covenant membership, it's not about being a card-carrying member of some social club. This isn't about being engaged in some philanthropic endeavor. There's so much more to God's Word and God's plan for us 
through the ministry of the local church. This is about knowing one another and being known by one another. This is about engaging with a like-minded group of believers that are mutually invested in each other's lives. This is what it looks like to be engaged in meaningful covenant membership in the context of the local church. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been sitting contently on the fringes of our gathering. Maybe you've been kicking the tires or waiting to see if something better comes along. Regardless, God's plan and will for your life is that you be connected in a meaningful way to a gospel preaching local church. Not joining as a consumer, looking to have your every preference and non-essential theological position affirmed and accepted, but rather coming humbly to the body, looking to love and to serve and to help and to encourage. This, friends, biblically is what it looks like to be a part of a local church and join together in covenant membership. You become participant, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And when you plug into the body with this type of demeanor, God weaves you into the beautiful tapestry of the body of Christ, and it's, it's then and only then that you can be a part of the building up of the body in love. Ephesians 4. Paul reminds us of God's plan for the church. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. What are we as elders equipping you as the church with? Is it not the word of God? Taking the word of God and rightly dividing it, handling it with, with care and attention, uh, looking for the meaning of the text and, and unpacking that for understanding and growth in the Lord. This is what it looks like for us to be equipped for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth, that is the Word of God, in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow. So that it builds itself up in what? Love. So friends, I want to give us an opportunity to just remember and reflect on our church covenant together. Troy, could you uh, put our, our church covenant there up on the slides? Oftentimes, or every time, we have the opportunity to welcome a new individual or family couple into the church. Um, we, we always have an opportunity to read out loud this, this church covenant. It's an opportunity for us as a church to commit to this new individual couple family that we are going to commit to do life together with you in this way. It's not exhaustive, but God's grace, it gives a good summary of what the Christian life should look like and how it should be lived out personally and within the context of the local church. 
And it's also an opportunity for the, the new incoming member to commit to the church in a mutual sense that they will engage in this way as well. So if you would humor me with the exercise once again in this new year, reminding us of who we are within the context of the body of Christ. Let's together read our church covenant and just allow the Lord through this time of reflection, this spiritual time out to consider how am I doing as a church member, as a covenant member? What areas do I maybe need to go back on and and be more planful in and pray over and ask God uh, to use me in these ways to fulfill uh, my responsibility of covenant membership for His glory? Okay, let's read this together. In recognition of Christ's purpose for the church and having been saved by God's grace and baptized in obedience to Christ Jesus' command, We, the members of Liberty Hills Bible Church, do wholeheartedly and joyfully enter into the following covenant to gather faithfully with one another for the teaching of biblical doctrine, for fellowship, for the observance of the Lord's Supper and for faithful prayer to love one another continually, to encourage and build up one another, to discern, develop and deploy our spiritual gifts to honor and respect those in spiritual leadership, to sustain ministry through financial support to recognize Christian liberty, to reconcile differences, and to attempt to restore sinning brethren. Furthermore, we will strive for personal growth in our relationship with Christ, to pursue obedience regarding biblical family roles as parents, bringing up our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, as husbands, loving our wives as Christ loved the church, as wives and submitting willingly and lovingly to the headship of our husbands, and as children, both obeying and honoring our parents. We will strive to live Christ-like lives as we carry out our Lord's great commission by evangelizing and discipling within our spheres of influence. We covenant to do these things with the help of the Lord and for His glory. Amen. This is what we have committed to be to one another. This is what we have committed to do in the context of this local assembly. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in our lives personally and He uses the Word of God in our lives corporately. And the final area that we'll look at this morning is that the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in our lives evangelistically. God uses His Word to draw us into engagement with His redemptive plan. You remember 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making His appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Are you thankful for the Gospel this morning? 
Are you thankful that God has chosen to make His redemptive plan known through us, His ambassadors here in this world? And so friends, how does God use us in this redemptive plan? It's through the Word of God. We have nothing to share but the truth of the Word of God. We have no words of wisdom. We have no hope to give in and of ourselves. Our ministry of reconciliation is what we have been given by Christ. And it is the gospel. It is the personal work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus was made sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is God making His appeal through us. This is what we implore the world on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. How do we know what to speak and to say? What words do we, do we share? What verses do we give? We know that through what? The Word of God. So friends, the Holy Spirit of God uses the Word of God evangelistically in our lives. Friends, I promise you that as we commit by God's grace to linger in the Word of God this year, to spend a more intentional and planful time in the Word of God, I promise you that we, by God's grace, will be ready to share the hope and the peace and the love of God through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. As you take stock in this time of reflection, this time out, I wonder, has your boldness to share the love of Christ with the lost world, has it waned a bit over the years? Has the fear of man maybe slipped into your heart and your mind? Have the uncertain times caused your witness in this world to fall on hard times and be diminished in many ways? The answer to all of these challenges is simply to get in the Word. And friends, to get in the Word of God together. Friends, above all the improvements that we can make in this coming year, above all the pounds lost, the knowledge gained, new skills developed, the greatest investment we can make in this new year is to immerse our lives in the inspired, inerrant Word of God. Let that be the foundation of our lives. Let that be the foundation of our families. Let that be the foundation of this church as our only rule for faith and practice. And let the Word of God take us out of our comfort zone to a world that needs the truth of the gospel. A closing passage is Paul's prayer and opening words of thanksgiving that he gave to the church at Colossae. And I simply want to read these verses over our church as we consider application and takeaways, we won't have our A&I time here this afternoon. You have an opportunity just to spend some extra time as a family without A&I time, without a wanted tonight, just to linger in the opportunity to stop, to pause, to slow down and reflect. God, is your word working in my life? And if not, why? Father, what do I need to let go of? What has a hold of my heart that I need by God's grace to confess? And to lay at the altar. 
Colossians chapter number one. If you wouldn't mind just bowing your head and closing your eyes and just letting the richness and the truthfulness of Scripture just to, to ring in your ears, to meditate on it in your mind, to cherish it in your heart. Colossians chapter number one, verses nine through 14. Paul says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. And all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this time we've had this morning to consider the role of the word of God and how the Holy Spirit uses your word in our lives to change us personally, to change us as a church corporately, and to send us out evangelistically to shout from the rooftops that Jesus saves. Father, I pray in this coming year that the Word of God would remain fixed as our only sure foundation. I pray in this coming year that we would see this next song and the truth of it be lived out in our lives. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Father, I pray in this coming year that we as a church would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, that you would open up wide doors of opportunity for the sake of the gospel. That whether it be a coworker or a neighbor or an acquaintance or whoever you providentially would bring into our path, Father God, I pray that the word would be in our hearts and that we would be walking in your spirit so much so that we would be aware of those opportunities. And by your grace, we would engage a world that needs the hope of the gospel. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.